0: Bill Blank
1: and Jeremy Brennan. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung
0: up. Live inside of the River House at East River Nine, home of my favorite chicken sandwich in the city, the Hot Bird Chicken Sandwich. Uh, They'll be playing some blues on Saturday. Blues Fest this Saturday, East River 9. Live blues music, barbecue, and blues, they just go together. Uh, college football as well Saturday. It's conference championship Saturday. It all gets started 4 to 9 p.m. They'll be showing college football conference championship games all day on their big screen outside, which is right next to their smoker pit, which they'll be serving the barbecue from. Uh, get on out here to East River 9 this Saturday. Play a little golf. The weather clears up, of course dries out. Enjoy some blues, enjoy some barbecue, and of course, enjoys Some college football on Saturday. Can not wait. This place is great. I mean, when you think about it, if you're not a a true golfer, you
1: can play pickleball. If you're a golfer, you can hone your game with the, the par three, go over to the range, hit a full bucket, get all your clubs out of out of the way, and then with the, the view and the food and the drink, love can't the view. go wrong. Man. View's,
0: the view's fantastic. I love the view. Uh, one of the best views of the skyline that you can see. Uh, so Joe had the camera off. We'll get to the frommer discussion in a bit. He had the camera off on our Twitch channel. If you're not familiar, we're, we're on the Twitch as well, twitch.tv. It's a uh, you know, video version of the show. Uh, we have... Idiots that chat inside the, uh, the Twitch chat room Who as well. Right. Most of them don't have jobs, and they live in their mother's basement. Uh, but anyways, it's a video of us. It's also video of Joe. It's got a camera of the producer. And Joe had the camera off for two hours today. Wrong answers only. Why did he do that? Philip 68 says he has a visitor in the booth with him.
2: We, we cannot
0: confirm nor deny if he had that today because he had the camera off. Yesterday he did have this. Uh, 0674, the camera was off to hide a bad haircut. I don't think Joe needs those. He wears a hat every day. Yeah, he wears a hat every day. I don't think he. I don't think Joe. Uh, Joe does get haircuts. He got a haircut the other day. It looked really he did. nice. He it absolutely really did. Good. Yep. Eight six three two. He ate sushi from Nebraska. Has been on the toilet. That's from Keith. Someone else texted earlier said that uh, anything other than steak in Omaha's mid. So he's definitely calling into. He's calling the opinions of Josh Beard's food taste into question. Minimum, he's saying that three two zero nine. Joe's probably wearing an ugly cl- uh, Cubs jersey. He does do that from time to time. What was yeah. the last Cubs jersey you bought, Joe?
3: The last Cubs jersey I bought was Joe
0: uh, Hey Turk Wendell. No, 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 no. What's my man uh, with the Yankees
1: now?
3: No, that was no. you, that kid. Was Who? Uh, the riot Ryan Terrio.
0: You bought Ryan Terrio's jersey?
3: Yeah. Oh, you know, and Starlin Castro probably.
0: Man, yikes. What's wrong with no t- no with Rizzo? This? They're mediocre. No, no, no Rizzo or uh, if Joe were to buy an Astros jersey, I think he'd buy Mauricio Dubon's jersey. That's
1: a great idea. It's probably a good call
0: because <laughs> it sounds like like he likes uh, fringe starters. Or Chad, he might guys. go Chad. I
3: do, his. I do. There you go. I have Mark Redzolonic. I can like, read him. I like uh, the. Josh mo- from- I like second baseman.
1: <laughs> good. Watch well, you like shortstops that had big arms and strike out a lot that were also one of your best players for years? Who's that? Javier Baez? Yeah, Javier Baez.
0: Oh, I had Josh a Javi
3: Baez jersey. Just kidding. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> you're a good call. You like
0: middle infielders. Josh from Seabrook says, uh, Producer Joe George is busy making 2024 Chicago Bears mock drafts. Have you done one of those yet, Joe? Hell
3: yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? Of course I have.
0: But you divorced them. <laughs> you gave them up.
3: Oh, my gosh. Of course I didn't really give them up. I just don't watch them as intently.
1: You're I don't pandering let, for people to give you a new team.
3: No, I don't. Let, I just don't let them ruin my mood anymore. That's
0: they good idea. they could lose
3: myself. every game and I wouldn't care the rest of the season. Why?
0: Because you're going to have draft picks. Or they could win every
3: game and I wouldn't care.
0: Very grown up of you. Uh, blog Forever on the Twitch says that Joe would buy a Tim Bogar jersey. Tim Bogar had a good glove. Some people have said that Jeremy Payne is the new Tim Bogar. Adam Everett? they've said that about Adam Everett too. Adam yeah. Everett, Tim Bogar, I think were the same dude, quite honestly. All right. Uh Chandler Rome in the Athletic today suggested that the Astros should think about trading from Valdez. Where do you stand on this, Blankers? Would you think about trading from Valdez? I-, I
1: think that as a general manager, you're you're constantly thinking about a lot of things. And you could think about this, but I think it comes down to what kind of discussions have you had with Fromber and his agent? You know, what kind of deal are they looking for? We already know that the track record of this organization is the years matter as much as the money, and we're not going too far too long down the road on a massive deal for a Fromber Valdez who isn't exactly in his in the spring chicken years, but he still has, you know, years left. So I think that a lot of those things matter. We saw what happened with Jordan Alvarez. They locked him up long-term because they got a hell of a deal. When Kyle Tucker was offered the same kind of deal, he turned and said, nope, not going to even come close to that one. You're going to have to do better. That's when the potential of thinking about, do you trade Kyle Tucker, started to come into the mix. I think... The only way you start thinking about trading Framber Valdez is the fact that you know you're not going to be able to give him what he wants, years and money-wise, and you're going, to, you're going to really want to get some value for a guy that has value before he walks away.
0: All right, let's assume that they're nowhere near a contract. He's not going to extend, and you feel like it's a really good chance he's not going to, because I think that's probably the reality of the situation. Now that we've set those parameters, do you think about trading Frambois Valdez? Yep, sure do. Okay.
1: I really do, because you know we do we do know the one thing that this team has uh, aside from an abundance of talent offensively that's still you know not going anywhere I think we know that they have a surplus of starting pitching. We've talked about the fact that we would be entertaining looking at trying to trade a JP France, where you have, you know, or an Urquidy. guys where you have that are kind of more the back end of the rotation. You're not touching the guys up front. You already know that you got Verlander for the next year or two. You already know that you've got Garcia coming back. You don't know when, but you do already have Javier locked up, and you hope that he looks more like he did, uh, you know, more consistently than he did at the end of the year. Fromber's the guy that you'd like to have back, but if you're not going to have him, then what are you going to get for him? Do you believe in the rest of your starting pitching enough to say, if I'm going to trade him, I'm looking to either replenish my farm system with, with bats and guys that I'm going to need? Are you looking to go for immediate help because this team's still trying to win now? Get some bullpen arms or a bat in left field? I'm curious uh, as to like what the targets would be, but I think that they would look more to get into another bat uh, in the outfield and maybe a relief pitcher, and then maybe a prospector.
0: Yeah, take. I'm not thinking about trading Fromber. Um, you, you're expecting to win a World Series next year, like the everything everybody says we're supposed to be contending for a World Series. Uh, Dana Brown says we're you know move a two away from bringing another World Series title to Houston. And the Astros were very close to winning a World Series. I mean, they were zero and four at home in the ALCS and took it to a seventh game. So they they were on the cusp. They're still very much a World Series contender. I like I hear where you're coming from. I've it's very, it's Tampa Bay. It's a Tampa Bay Rays move, which I'm open to these moves. I don't like doing it with two years left on a contract, especially a contract where he's very affordable. Framber Valdez is a top ten Cy Young pitcher in each of the last two years. He's been one of the best pitchers in the American League, if not baseball, uh, the last two of the year, last two years. He makes twelve million dollars next year. Even that final year of his deal, if he's still on the team, is probably going to be around, I don't know, seventeen to twenty million dollars, which is still very affordable for a top ten Cy Young kind of guy. I don't entertain this unless I am just going through like where I'm selling off all the parts, I'm liquidating and I'm totally rebuilding and that's not where the Astros are.
1: No, they're not. Um, but I think that you got fi- you know you gotta figure out what
0: he's going to be going forward.
1: He, obviously, he was half a year last well, year. What do you think he's going to be going for? I, I hope that this time off was just that he had a little bit of a tired arm and that he comes back strong, and he, and he is the pitcher that we've seen uh, that's given us all these vibes of Cy Young Award winner and ace and, and all those things. Um, that's where I hope he goes. I want to. I firmly have believed that he had a tired arm and he's going to bounce back. But if he doesn't, look, I know their track record is they let everybody just play it out and walk. That's when we talked about Bregman. They're just going to play it out. Go for it, and if it doesn't work out, and you can just say, "Hey, we tried." He priced himself out for us. We wish him the best. He was great here, and you walk. If if you stick with what the past precedence is, that's probably what the way that they're going to lean, and they're going to lean your way. Would you trade Bregman? I said. I said no. I said between now and the start of the season, no. Why, why
0: is there a difference between the two though? Like if if Bregman is in the last year of his deal, and you're trying to get something back for Bregman, but Frommer has two years left, and Bregman makes more money. Why yes on Fromber, no on Bregman. Because you have you have a backup
1: already in place. You have you have more starting pitching. You have a surplus of starting pitching to where you can you can make do with that and still be the kind of team that you want to be. You don't have a backup plan right now that I think is is stable for Alex Bregman. So that's why I don't make that deal. Um, I, I said at the time that that's their track record. Play it out, and if he walks, he walks. So I said that with Bregman, with Fromber. I I think that's probably the direction that they go. But before he walks, I think he still – some team could probably give you what you're looking for in terms of whether it be young prospects or a bat that might be able to help you. So, I mean, I see them a little differently, but I think the most important thing is the fact that you've got other options at starting pitcher. You don't have really options at third base.
0: 60-30, ignorant Branham. If we get a hell of a return for Fromber, get it done. Same with Bregman. Here's the thing, though. Like, whenever you're trading these types of players, you're you're usually not trading, like, a really good player for a really good player. You're usually not trading an all-star for an all-star. Usually you're not trading Fromber, a pitcher, for, like, a really good bat. That happens every now and then. But usually when you're trading a really good like veteran, a really good player who's been in the bigs for a while, you're trading it for a package of prospects. So, like, for where the Astros are, if you start trading a Fromber or a Bregman, it's more likely the case that you're trading those guys for prospects, a group of prospects. Like, I've seen some rumored packages for Bregman where, like, they're trading Alex Bregman to the Rays in a package for Tyler Glass now. That's, that would never happen. The ra- the reason the Rays are trading Glass now is because he's entering the final year of his deal, they never pay free agents, and they're trading him before they can get something before he walks for free. Yet yeah, they're going to trade for another free agent who's about to walk for free, it makes absolutely no sense. So, like, Unless you're trading for an all-star left fielder, which, I mean, show me the team that has an all-star left fielder that's going to trade you that for Frommer Valdez, you're trading Frommer Valdez for a group of prospects. And if you're a World Series contender, you're not trading Frommer Valdez for a group of prospects. So the idea of trading Frommer this offseason, it's, it's kind of silly to me. Um, now, if you have, for some reason, an awful first half of the season next year, like, I'm starting to think about trading all of these guys. Like, an Alex Bregman in the final year of his deal. Uh, Frommer who would have a year and a half left. Tucker, who would have a year and a half left now, I don't see the, that being the case. I don't see the Astros being at the trade deadline next year, 12 games out of first place. Of the three guys that struggled
1: either late in the year or at the end of the year, Tucker, Fromber, Bregman, who is the guy most likely to continue to struggle? Continue
0: to struggle? In the um, next season i don't I don't know if any of them would really like I think I mean I think Tucker's one of the best players and outfielders in baseball. Mm-hmm. Fromber's a you know top ten Cy young guy each of the last two years. I think Frommer got screwed up with the all star game I think he's kind of a little mental head case there well, a little bit know
1: he's he can, I he, love he's fromber's stuff mental.
0: though um no i I would probably go bregman I think that
1: I think I would probably lean that way too simply because he was hot and cold all year. And he was fiddling a lot. And normally, as much as he is a student of the video and and you know works his tail off in the cages, you know sometimes it, sometimes it seems like he tinkered too much psychologically. The same way Tucker was batting gloves on, batting gloves off. But I think if of the three, and because he's a little older and doesn't have the game he once had, I would lean Bregman.
0: That's yeah, that's where I'm at. Like I don't expect Tucker to like Tucker's been a good baseball player every single year he's been in Major League Baseball, outside of like his first hundred and twenty five at bats. Like I, and he's in the prime of his career. I don't see him regressing. Uh, Bregman's kind of been – I don't want to say Bregman's, like, regressed a ton, but Bregman's not the same player he was in the late 2010s. He's not who he was in 2018, 2019, and he's a little bit older than Tucker. Fromber's, like, right around 30. Uh, the, I mean, the head game for Fromber is worth talking about, mm-hmm. but I'm not trading maybe my best pitcher for two or three prospects. Uh, 713-780-ESP, an HRMP listener line. I'd lock up three Astros right now, though. We saw, a couple of, uh, we saw rumors from uh, Milwaukee. A year old neck of the woods, yep. where they're, they're signing one of their super prospects to this 10-year, $80 million deal. There are three Astros, young Astros, that I would sign to a contract extension today. It's the Killer Bees broadcasting live from the River House at East River Nine on ESPN.
1: We now return you to the Killer Bees, live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at East River Nine. Here are your Bees. Joel Crank and Laramie Crenham.
0: He's Joel. I am Laramie. We are at East River Nine Nine Old Golf Course. Spectacular views of the city. Uh, it also features the River House Restaurant. Uh, I can't stop talking enough about this hot bird. I wish I would have had another one. I would have liked two. I kind of did the same today. thing with the
1: sandwich today. The so grilled. Andrew and
0: I had the grilled chicken sandwich. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, This Saturday, East River Nine Blues Fest. Live blues, music, barbecue, college football and all. get started the barbecue and the blues at 4. It goes till 9 this Saturday. Of course, college football conference championship Saturday as well. I have the game on the uh, the big screen, games on the big screen. Also inside wall-to-wall TVs. Uh, Excellent barbecue from their smoker pit. It's going to be a great time on Saturday. Make sure you're here. Come on out tomorrow too. It's a great place to start your weekend at East River Nine. Before we get to the uh, the three players I would sign right now to a contract extension, uh, seventy thirty two. Any thoughts on free agent Randall Gruchek as a free agent. He's thirty two, drafted before trial, local product, Lamar High School. I wouldn't hate Gruchek as a backup outfielder. Backup outfielder, I really would I know it's a troll, but uh, I wouldn't. It's a troll because Grucheck and Kiermaier. Outfielder. I mean, I think Kiermaier. I think he's going to get paid though. I think Kiermaier's going to. I think for what you want Kiermaier to be, he's going to make too much money. I bet you he gets double digits. Do you? I think really? it's between 10, 12 million. He's a little older though, right? He's like thirty three, thirty four. You think he's still going to get? He actually hit pretty good this last year. Best, Toronto? I think it was his career year offensively. Now, part of that's because he played in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but he's a Gold Glove level center fielder. He hit for the first time in his career. I think he gets a decent amount of like Luis Severino got double digits. In the Met, so. yesterday on a one year deal. Like what was it? Twelve million 13, one year? I think yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like I think Kiermaier is going to end up getting that. That's why I think Jake Myers would have a little bit of trade value. I think he's a poor man's uh, Kevin Kiermaier. Now, he hasn't hit like well, Kevin Kiermaier hit last him. year, but Kevin Kiermaier in his career before last year was kind of Jake Myers. He now probably a better defender, although Jake can defend a little bit. Uh, I would sign three young Astros right now. Like we talk about this core and like this window and it's closing and all of this. Like Jose Altuve. Now I, I do anticipate Altuve's here forever, but like Bregman's probably gone this time next year. Fromber's a year and a half away from leaving. Tucker's probably a year and a half away from leaving. Like I, I think that at some point you have to start looking to. The that new core, because the Astros aren't going to bring these guys back. It's never been their MO, and I think all three of these guys are going to pay or play themselves beyond the price range that the Astros are willing to pay them. But you look at some of like the long-term pieces the Astros have had, and Bregman's part of this. Uh, Bregman signed an extension before he was ever up for like arbitration years. Jose Altuve did it once and then signed after he won the MVP. We saw it with Jordan Alvarez. We've seen it with Christian Javier. I think that you they tried to do it with Kyle Tucker. They tried to do it with Springer, but they said no. Now, different regime, but I still think they're going to operate that way. And if you look at where Dana Brown came from, came from Atlanta, where they've locked up all of their youngsters stars whether it's Strider whether it's Acuña whether it's Riley like they've signed up a lot of their young core that way they can have that young core here for a long time and it also is financially like wise because it opens up other avenues for you to spin like the Braves have been in on every single trade pros- or trade avenue they've been on some big free agents as well because They gave a lot before the players were anywhere close to free agency, but it saves them money in the long term. We know that Jordan's going to be here for a while. Like Javier didn't have a great. You know, last half of last year, but he signed the extension. He's here for a while. And then you have some young players that I think you look at as pieces that could be really good in Major League Baseball. So the three young players that I I would sign these guys right now, the first one's on the mound. Like, if you're making the decision that you're not trading Hunter Brown, like if, if, if these Luis Robert rumors are true or name a random player around Major League Baseball, if you're like, no, we're not willing to give up Hunter Brown for one of those guys, then you should double down on that take. If you're unwilling to trade Hunter Brown for, like, a really good center fielder, double down on that then. Double down and sign him to a a decent contract that buys him years out of free agency. Like, Hunter Brown would have, I guess, five more years, four more years with the Houston Astros. I don't know how that first year when he first came up. But give him a seven-year deal right now at a lower than average AAV for what you would expect for a pitcher of his capability. That way he's here for a long time and by the time he gets the second half of that contract, it's a lower AAV. I would do the same thing with Jeremy Pena. I'm not sure that Jeremy Pena is ever going to hit enough to like satisfy the masses, but Jeremy Pena right now is a top half of Major League Baseball shortstop and he's been that way each of his first two years despite not hitting great. Why? Because he plays really good defense and it's hard to find really good hitting shortstops the third one to me yiner diaz i have seen if i'll play yiner diaz right now because i think yiner diaz is gonna be really good does he stay a catcher i don't know but lock him up early now that way you have him long term i would follow the path of the braves milwaukee did it today with one of their prospects that's 18 19 years old has not played one single play in big league baseball i would sign hunter brown if you're not trading him I would double down, sign Hunter Brown to a pretty long extension. Same thing with Jeremy Pena, same thing with Yonor Diaz.
1: See, I'm not there yet. Uh, I, I'm, because of the fact that I don't think that you are in the same situation as the Rays or the Brewers, and I know the Mariners have spent money and they, they, they locked up um, J-Rod on a pretty good deal. But when you look at it and you're the Astros, you say, look, I don't think that nothing, anything is on the table that forces me to have to do this right away. I understand what you're saying, and at a certain point I might have those discussions. But I need to see more out of Hunter Brown because I saw a guy that took the league by storm early but then you know, had some issues last year. You know, People saw some things. He's got to learn to pitch a little bit more. He's got unbelievable stuff. Um, we know that Yiner has a lot of ability too, but let's see how he bounces back in year two and if he can continue to be that consistent and do those kind of things, absolutely. But I'm not in a rush, and that's why I wouldn't do it yet. Pena, Pena, I hear you, and you and I have had these conversations in the past. I think the only thing that it comes down to is the bat because he is an above-average glove. It is hard to find good hitting shortstops. So I think that all those things... Are the the kind of the bullet points of when you're talking about any of those three guys? I just wouldn't be in a hurry to do it just yet. Team control matters a lot. If I've got these guys locked up for four or five more years, I'm not in a rush. Maybe with two years left, maybe then I have those conversations. That's the risk. Of,
0: like that's that's the risk of of that plan is because if, if one, if they wait, now it becomes a lot more expensive. And if you wait, you could be priced out. Like you said, two years out. Look at who's under club control right now they are two years out. Kyle Tucker is going to leave yeah. you. Fromm Valdez is going to leave you. So the longer you wait, the more expensive it very likely is going to be. And the more that you wait, the very real possibility that they're going to leave as soon as they're free agents. Maybe three, but, but here's my thing. Uh, On the flip side, the one thing we know
1: that can actually end a run is when you overpay a free agent, you don't get the return on investment, or you end up in the later years of it, and it ends up hurting you because you overcommitted. The same thing with if you make a knee-jerk reaction or you just need, like in my opinion, I think you need to see more. But if you try to wrap them up too early and then lo and behold, God forbid, you find out they're not that kind of player consistently. They've had good years, but they're not showing that kind of progress to be the kind of player that you locked them up for not that it's going to stifle you completely, because again, you're not Milwaukee. You have more money. You have an owner willing to spend it a little bit more freely. But that would be my concern.
0: Yeah, uh, I look at the the Braves model where they they signed all of these guys early, every single one of them, and it, it keeps like it, it keeps the core together forever. Like if you go back to the fir- like the first Astros core with Correa and with Springer, you know Altuve, Bregman, they were all part of that. If they got those guys to do what the Atlanta Braves did, we wouldn't be talking about all of them leaving. They would still be here. And I, look, I believe in Hunter Brown. If, if you're not going to, again, like, if Dana Brown, we believe in Hunter Brown, we don't want to involve him in a trade for, Lewis, like, Louis uh, Robert. Okay, cool. Like, I'll hear you on that. That makes sense to me. You think he can be a top-of-the-rotation starter. But if you're making that take... Like be strong with your take and double down on it and extend him. That way he doesn't leave you in four years. He's here through seven. Uh, Yiner Diaz, they look, they've been pretty bold with Yiner Diaz, Dana Brown did, by saying he's the catcher of the future, and then he traded Corey Lee. So if you're going to have that stance, be strong with your stance. We think Yiner Diaz is going to be an all-star caliber catcher, so try to sign him for $10-$12 million a year for eight years, as opposed to him leaving you in five. Uh, same thing with, with Jeremy Pena. Look, I'm not sure that Jeremy Pena is ever going to hit at a high level, but Jeremy Pena is very much a -hmm. Major League Baseball caliber shortstop. I think he's a top half above average Major League Baseball shortstop, and I'm not saying to break the bank and sign up for $25 million a year, try to get it on a club-friendly deal like the Braves did. I think it's a way to build smart. I think it's a way to operate wisely. I'd be doing this with a lot of my young players. And I hear you. I think one of the things
1: that I'm interested in, too, is because Dana Brown just got here. Dana Brown's trying to get his arms around his evaluations on all these young players. He's obviously outspoken about the fact how much he believes in Yiner Diaz. So that's a no-brainer that he, he believes in Yiner. He likes Yiner. He wants to see Yiner be the starter next year. So I think that's one. Of, uh, you can say he's probably going to be a Dana guy and that Dana's going to look to probably do something like that in the next year or so, or at least consider it in the future. I think from the standpoint of Hunter Brown, maybe he doesn't feel the same way yet. Maybe he understands kind of some of the things we've seen. The stuff is there. The slider's there. The fastball's there. Learning to pitch is something that I think he's continually working on. I'm just curious if he's got this, you know, a good evaluation, and if he feel how he feels about a guy like that, as opposed to being outspoken already about a Yiner and Peña is a guy that I, I agree with you. I don't know that he's ever going to have regular seasons that are going to be close to everybody's always hanging their hat on the all. I mean, the ALCS and the World Series MVP type numbers. He caught fire. He had one hell of a, a heater going, and he rode it out, and and it was awesome, but. I think he is who he is over the first two regular seasons. He is above average defensively. He is a guy. Depending on the price, I'm open to locking up because it's hard to find a lot better than Jeremy Pena. So, of the three guys, Dana seems to be on board with Yiner already. I'm curious if he's called
0: called Hunter Brown a. A future top of the rotation starter. Now, problem with that is Dana Brown says a lot of things, yeah. so it's hard to know what Dana Brown's like being sincere and authentic about. My thing is, if you're a GM and you have a stance and you ha- like you trust your eyes, okay, double down on it. If you're not willing to trade Hunter Brown for a star, sign him an extension. If you think Yiner Diaz is a future All-Star catcher, sign him on the cheap immediately. I think they're good gambles to to, to make. And even if two of the three guys you sign them all, two of the three guys pan out, you still win the the group of uh, contract extensions. A seven one three seven eight zero three 776 I got to go catch a flight. Blankers and Joe AC combined combine take you the rest of the way. What team currently in the NFL playoffs will miss what team outside will make? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. First, a moment on HRP, human resources and payroll. It's Cougar owned by my colleague Members of the Cougar 100 for the one, for the eighth year in a row. You've seen the HRP signage. You have H-Games. You've seen their building off the beltway. Business owners, let HRP help you. Whether it's HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding, HRP can help in any or all of those areas because there's no boxes with HRP. doesn't matter how small the job helps. Big the job. HRP completely customizes a plan for what you and your business needs. You have a problem. You have an issue. You want to take a little off your plate or a lot off your plate. HRP will find a way to help, and they do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets service. They have the best tech. You'll love that, but you'll love their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. You'll never talk to a stranger. You'll be talking to someone who knows you. They know your business needs. Call today, 281-880-6525, and let HRP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525. Check. okay
1: back in the hive. It's alive. The bees, I don't know about our knees, but Joe's here, I'm here, AC's here. We're going to take you home the rest of the way as Mr. Branham heads to a flight and hopefully travel safely in some bad weather. We are here at East River Nine. We love this place. They love us here because we love being around the good environment. It's golf, it's pickleball, it's driving range, it's good food, it's good drink, and it is a whole lot of fun on a daily basis. Even if you don't come out and see us today, see us this weekend, watch the football here, get some golf in. It's a fantastic spot to be. That's why we always love and look forward to coming out here and if you can't make it today here tomorrow nick's place for the 30th anniversary come out and see us there then come back here this weekend watch some football play some golf have some fun you don't do any of those things andrew i do a couple what what do you do i watch football oh that's true you do andrew and i might pickleball
3: together sometime i feel like we're destined to do that we've been talking about playing pickleball basically since i joined the company in january like there needs to be a pickleball match
1: I feel like you are a different version of a guy that used to work here where you are always overzealous about talking about setting up these kind of matchups and things that are going to happen, and they never come to fruition. You've been talking. who You were going to take Beard on in pickleball. Yeah,
3: but we've always got to work. That's the problem. Like, I can't just, like, leave you guys when I'm out there. I can't be late for a show for getting coffee mm. for you and me by a minute. Imagine Jeremy's reaction if I left to play pickleball for 45 minutes. He'd have an
1: aneurysm. Now, wait a minute, because if you want to get into that, and it kind of brings into play who I was referring to, I do remember, and I know Andrew does too, when we were doing a remote from Town & Country Mall outside when wiffle ball challenges became a thing, and I believe that Stutz and Jeremy had a knockdown down drag-out wiffle ball affair and it happened while at least one of them was supposed to be on the air doing a show. So I think it can happen, Joe. And I don't think Jeremy's going to be mad. He may even bet against you.
3: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe the next time. I know we're back at Easter or not in January. Maybe even, yeah, January 5th, I think we're back out there. We'll Maybe we'll do it then. I'll celebrate okay. turning 32 the day before by tearing my ACL, playing pickleball against Beard. Because that's my prediction of what would happen.
1: I'm, I'm prob- all for that. I'm probably going to get hurt. That means you'd miss time, right?
3: I don't know. Would I miss time for an ACL? i probably miss like
1: at least two weeks, right? I Well, I, I would think at least multiple days early on, and then it would just be a matter of how quickly your athletic body recovers and uh, and absorbs the surgery.
3: I don't know. I sit on a chair for my life, so it's like I feel like I could do this job. As long as I'm like able to drive a little bit, I think I'd be okay. If I tear my left ACL, I think I'll be alright. If I tear my right one, I feel like that would make driving difficult, so that would put me in a, a bad predicament.
1: Okay. All right. I'd actually like to see it. I don't know about you, Andrew. I would like to see um, – I'm not going to say what I, my nickname is for Pickleball, but I would like to see it go down between those two. I think it would be an entertaining match to watch. Why can't you say your nickname for Pickleball? I don't want to offend any there's just There's people from shows that you're very closely associated to with people that – and actually – and I like Josh Beard. Josh Beard hears everything that we say, and in most cases he doesn't like it. So I don't want to, I don't want to call it what I've called it previously. Oh, it would be fun regardless. Yes, I would enjoy seeing that. All right, Joseph, do you want to go with the uh, standard, what we had on the format, or which way do you want to roll with this? Yeah, let's do you want to go with... with what Jeremy teased.
3: Yeah, let's do that. So, which right. teams that are currently in the playoffs are going to miss, and which mm-hmm. teams are going to make it? Both sides, AFC, NFC. I, I think I want to start. Like, We'll start with the Texans. I yeah. think the Texans are going to make the playoffs. So, the 32. question then becomes. Which team do they replace? Or how many teams are going to miss the playoffs in the AFC
1: that are currently in there right now? I'm focused on that as well because I'm focused on the fact that we said I think that there's going to be two teams from the South that make the playoffs. So I think that if the Colts are currently in and the Texans are in the hunt but currently out, I think the Texans are going to beat the Colts late in the season. And I think that the Texans are going to end up getting in and the Colts, a team currently in, are going to be a team that at the end of the season is out.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a I think it's a good call because to me, it's really Pittsburgh. I think they're just going to find a way. Like they just Mike Tomlin, he finds a way consistently to have his teams above five hundred. That's going to help you make the playoffs this year. So I think Pittsburgh's in. The question thing is really is is does Indianapolis make it and does Cleveland make it or do they both miss? Because like there is an argument for Buffalo, but like as we've talked about extensively on the show. Buffalo's schedule the rest of the season is absolutely brutal. So, like, the idea of Buffalo making the playoffs, I think, is a stretch. I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to kind of lean that that Colts game is going to be more about positional seeding in the playoffs, and it's going to be the Cleveland Browns that fall out, and the AFC South is going to get three teams.
1: In I'm just the playoffs, say, you think three teams from the south? <laughs> I, it's are going, the, I know Jeremy was a hot on this—the the toughest division in, in the NFL. But man, I don't know. This year, three teams from the south make the playoffs.
3: It's more about the other teams than it is about the south. Like it's more about the the Colts finding a way to squeak it in, squeak their way in. Because I don't think the Browns hold on, and I, I just don't believe in Denver. I do like I. This weekend will change a lot of that. But if Denver. Like, I just don't see Denver making the playoffs. So I think it's Cleveland missing and then Houston getting like the sixth seed and, and the Colts getting the seventh seed.
1: I... I want to get AC in here, but the one thing I'll say, Joe, in terms of when you brought up Pittsburgh, I think that ship has sailed. I, I keep thinking they're overachieving. I keep thinking that they are fool's gold. But when you get to this point in the season, no matter if Kenny Pickett's your quarterback or not, and you look like you're so incompetent in so many ways offensively and they got rid of Canada as their OC, I get it. They with this record this late in the season, I'm having a hard time finding a way that they're going to fall completely out.
3: Yeah, I, I just don't I don't see it. And like and look, it's one game, so maybe this week will give us a better, clearer picture. But Kenny Pickett, you know, if you look at like Pro Football Focus or any of the you know QBRs, he had his best game of his career week one after Matt Canada got fired. So, I, I'm maybe there's something to that. And, like, they have Jalen Warren and Najee. I know they got the weird fighting stuff that's happening in the locker room with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, these guys. But, like, I just – I agree. Like, I, I think they just – they find a way. Like, it, they're, they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will find a way to make the playoffs. And it's just – to me, it's Cleveland's the team that's out, which means I think Indy and Houston are in.
2: Yeah, I wanted to disagree with you guys on the Steelers, but then I went and looked at their schedule yeah. and – They're home to the Cardinals this weekend. They're home to the Patriots the following weekend. So that means you're essentially budgeting them for nine wins already, assuming that they're able to win both of those games. And then at that point, you're looking at what? Colts on the road, Bengals at home. You have to imagine, without Joe Burrow, there's a very good shot that they win that. That's already putting them at 10. On the road to the Seahawks, on the road to the Ravens. But there's a very, very easy path for the Steelers to get to 10 wins. And if you get to 10 wins, you have to feel very comfortable with your chances of making the playoffs. And as bad as their defense was here, they have a
1: pass rush, and they have one hell of a head coach. And that does mean something in the NFL. But I don't know if the new OC is going to do enough to try. I don't think anybody can completely write Kenny Pickett. But, obviously, putting 400 yards up of offense is at least a step in the right direction
2: for at least the fact that their offense can at least do enough
1: to try and complement their
2: defense. Oh, 100%. Like, you guys are right in the fact that the Steelers have some sort of voodoo magic that somehow, some way they've been outgained in every single game this year. Yeah. Yeah. And- They've won seven. It doesn't make any sense, and given the schedule that they've got remaining like I just talked about. When you, when you talk about a
1: Tomlin, you think about just unbelievable achievements in terms of, like, strings and records and streaks. The fact that the dude has never finished below five hundred and is the longest tenured coach in the NFL is ridiculous. Yeah, That's saying something. That knows you know. Now, he hired Matt um, Canada, so I mean, so I can't say it's the full coaching staff. But as a head coach, as a leader, and Joe, to your point— I mean, Johnson now has has walked it back. He's apologized, and they're saying like the players were able to police themselves in the locker room. For whatever the case, it's. I just think it's too far gone on that ship to think that it's going to sink. I think they're going to find a way to get in, even if it's the last spot.
3: Yeah, and and, and you know, to the Indianapolis part, like if they're not going to make it, I think actually the best path to like seeing not ha- for Cleveland to miss the playoffs and then to not have three teams from the AFC South make it. Honestly, might be if the Denver Broncos beat the Houston Texans this weekend. Because if that happens, I would still believe that there's a chance the Texans make the playoffs. It's not a total eliminator like we kind of started the show with today. Like, Could you guys see a path to where the three card teams are, the Steelers, the Broncos, and then the Texans still find a way to get the 7th seed because they beat Indianapolis at the end of the season?
1: I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, and this may I may be forced to change my mind based on how this game goes Sunday. I'm not a believer in the Denver Broncos. I'm not I think either. the Denver Broncos are closer to who they were to start the season than who they've been lately. And credit to them for trying to write that ship. But I mean, I just don't see the Denver Broncos as a playoff team. There.
3: Okay, the NFC side I think is really interesting. Just and we'll go quick through this one. Uh, let's start with the just the winner of the NFC South. Like right now, Atlanta is the win is is in the playoffs at five and six. But then you've got. The, uh, the Saints at five and six, and you got Tampa Bay at four and seven.
1: Like, who wins that division? I honestly think Tampa somehow finds a way to do it. I just I'm not a believer in the Saints. I, I'm not a believer in the the revolving quarterbacks and everything that Arthur Smith and they're doing in Atlanta. And I believe that their defense is good with Tampa. Baker's been better than I thought he would be, and he's utilizing his weapons. They got a running game. They've got the the two receivers in Godwin and Evans. I just think somehow, some way, Tampa Bay ends up squeaking in.
3: I I'm leaning Atlanta. I, I don't know what it is. It's they have like finally opened their eyes to what B. John Robinson can be the last mm. two or three weeks, and just like he's he's going to be the most talented player in that division right now. It's probably him or Mike Evans. So like I just I think Atlanta finds a way. To make the playoffs, I do think the winner of that division is not above 500, though, and makes the playoffs.
1: I think I agree with that, and I
2: think that they're going to be
3: obviously one and done. Andrew, do you have another? Do you want to throw the Saints in, Andrew? I, I was get? going to
2: throw the Saints. I was I going to say think, the Saints. They're all good answers. I, well, th- their defense to me is the best unit out of all of these teams. Aren't that they? Cool's goal too, uh, to a certain degree, yes. But look, I, I'm, this is not going to be me trusting Derek Carr in any way, shape, or form. But the quarterback play that you're getting out of Tampa Bay is, who, who knows what it's going to be. Has Baker come back from injury yet? Or is he, or it's still TBD. I think okay, gonna... so Baker's up in the air at the moment. And, look, Desmond Ritter, I guess, is still technically the starter over in Atlanta. So you know what you're getting there. It's going to be god-awful. Derek Carr, well, look, he's nothing special, is at least better than both of those situations, in my opinion. So the Saints, with that, combined with the fact that their defense is probably the most talented unit, in the South, I think that gives them a slight edge. See, I was going to say it might come down to which defense is better between
1: the three teams, and I would put Tampa right there with New Orleans because of their secondary. That's fair. And so then I, I think, and by the way, let's make this very clear: Green Bay is fool's gold. They're on the cusp; they ain't getting it.
3: Well, see, I don't, I don't know, Joel. There's five teams with five or six wins that are fighting for two wild wild-card spots. Like obviously, I'm on the record that the Rams make it. Yeah. I think Minnesota's going to fall apart, and I really don't believe in Seattle. And if I'm gonna pick two teams to miss the playoffs there, Seattle and Minnesota, I think it's because Green Bay, maybe Jordan Love like finally figured out just like a little bit. So I kinda I had think to admit Green he looked Bay gets in with week. the Rams.
1: But Joe, I think this is more about the fact that this entire situation is just hot garbage. Like I don't believe it. You know I've never I haven't believed in Seattle all year. I don't believe, I believe that Minnesota had too much talent to not make the playoffs, and then I watched Josh Job Josh Dobbs the last two weeks and went what happened to the Cinderella story that kept, got off the plane throwing and running and doing all these things, and then he fell apart? I don't know that I believe in any of
3: those teams. That, I agree. That I agree with. Like That's why I believe in the Rams the most, because they have the coach, the quarterback mm-hmm. that won a Super Bowl. They have the most talent on offense of all those teams. Like I think, definitely think the Rams get in the Vikings are the team that's for sure going to
1: end up missing. I think Green Bay is the team that for sure ends up missing – but I also think, especially if Geno Smith is hurt, I, 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 don't, think, I don't know that Seattle's got enough. You
3: don't believe, you don't believe in Drew Locke?
1: No, at all. <laughs> Why not? Zero. Because he's, hot guard, he's He's worse than that. You don't want to see Drew
3: Locke rapping him. on the sidelines like we got his rookie no, year? No,
1: no, no. And who was the guy before him that they drafted? Was it out of Memphis that did uh, on draft uh, night? Uh, was Paxton at home? Lynch? Yeah, Paxton Lynch with the sunglasses showing out like he was going to be some stud in the making. And then he crapped the bed. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. All right, we got the Car Wreck of the Day coming up, brought to you by the Hollingsworth Law Firm. We can't wait to get to this. There's several nominations. I don't know if Joseph's going to keep his string alive of being nominated or not, but I believe that the no window in the producer cam is probably going to factor in. We'll see what you guys think next. Don't go away. we got one segment to go. It's the Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM. Before we go to the break, though, I do want to tell you about the good people at MyBookie. MyBookie keeps doing it on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. You've got a football game tonight in the NFL. You want to put some money down on it and make it more interesting? That's why I always tell you to go to mybookie.ag, because they're constantly focused on taking care of their customers. The main things you got to understand, they've been in business for over a decade. They ain't going anywhere, so neither is your money. They're going to make sure it's safe and secure, and they're constantly focused on taking care of you, the customer. That means if you want to put anything down on a game that's going on in professional sports, chances are you could do it right there. You could do the in games as well. But the main thing is they take care of you every step of the way. Like always remembering our code, which is bet nine, time, bet nine, seven, five. Anytime you see that code or see an opportunity to put in a code, when you put that in, you're going to reap the benefits. That's right. Right now their match code, their match bonuses are going on again. If you put anything from 50 to a thousand dollars into your account, they're going to match it, and you're going to have double that money in your account instantly. More money in your account, more games you can bet on, more chances to win. It really is that simple. And the fact of the matter is you put 50 in, they're going to put 50 on top of it. Now you got a hundo in your account. And when there's not games going on, live dealers standing by. So you can do the casino games like poker and blackjack. I always tell you this, guys, and it's because I'm telling you from experience. There's no better place to go. Anytime you want to put on anything on a game, you bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's.
0: You all right? Is it? My leg is broken. The bone's oh, coming see. through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! give you a ah! money, You prick. Where's my money?
1: This is the car wreck of the day. Brought to you by carwrecktexas.com Back final segment of the show you heard it we know it it you love it it is the car wreck of the day presented to you by the Hollingsworth Law Firm. We love the Hollingsworth Law Firm, and they love to get you out of any issues you have with a car wreck. Go to carwrecktexas.com. They take care of you because they don't get paid unless you win, which means they are going to be extra motivated to make sure you get what you rightfully deserve when you get in a car wreck. Uh, Nominations, normally Jeremy throws to me first, Joseph. Andrew, new to the process, just simply by the fact that he hasn't really done these with us before. But I'll start to try and get Joe off the hook. And I will nominate two NFL linebackers that really don't think straight all the time. I will nominate Von Miller with a warrant currently out for his arrest for some domestic abuse on a pregnant woman. And I will nominate Ryan Shazier with all the things that he has been through in his career that happened and unfolded on the football field. And a wife that stood by him through all of it. You can Google it to get the rest of the story. But let's just say Ryan wasn't exactly faithful. So I will uh, he nominate, was not. I will nominate those two guys to start off the process.
3: Uh, Von Miller just turned himself into the Dallas PD or wherever oh, it needs he? to be. Yes, just saw that on Twitter, actually. Uh, I'm going to nominate. Uh, this will be a first time. Won't be a last time on this show because while I very much enjoy their their program, as they would call it, because uh, mm. they also call it that sometimes, uh, I'm going to nominate the Pat McAfee show because yesterday J.J. Watt was on the show and they tried to disparage the good people of Houston by showing a photo of NRG Stadium half-empty from weeks ago. Yeah. And then J.J. Watt called them out on it. I had to go back on the show and get
1: him the real photo. It's a bad look. Bad look. Did they own it after he got Because I knew that he called them out. Did they own it when he showed them what it really looked like? Yeah, they admit when they're morons because they all know for the most part they are. Okay, good. Some people know that they are and don't admit it.
2: It's true. I'm just saying. I've worked here
1: for a while. I'm just saying. Andrew, you got anything? Oh,
2: man, I'm new to this process like you mentioned, Joel, but I guess, Mike, I would have to nominate myself for the fact oh. that I took the station off air twice today. Oh, oh.
1: That's
3: true, Andrew.
2: <laughs> I, the wire system here is uh, very precariously placed, we'll say. Oh, so do we nominate and,
3: Dell for setting it up?
2: Oh, we can't. You know what? That's great. Let me pass the blame. I love passing blame. I, I love... Pushing blame onto other people. So, yeah, I'm going to blame Dell for the way that he has set things up over here because, let me tell you, the fact that I could brush the wires with my hand twice, and the first time it knocked us off air, we were in break. We just had to extend a break. Not a big deal. The second time, we were in the middle of busy money. We were. And then all of a sudden, Joe texted me, hey, uh, we're off. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm working on it right now. And, so, uh,
3: well, just to continue that train, this is not the first time. It happened a couple weeks ago. I believe it was at the decoy. Um, but today, John Granado did the same thing that Joel did a couple weeks ago. He went to unplug his laptop charger. He unplugged the Wi-Fi box. He knocked Paul off the air.
1: Time out. So time Time out. Uh, let's be clear. Andrew tried to throw me under the bus because he didn't want to take the blame for this. It was my phone charger. It had nothing to do with anything with the station's connections, and I got blamed for it. So you're not putting me in that category, my friend. I heard you unplugged the the wrong charger. You heard what
2: Andrew wanted you to hear. He did unplug the wrong charger. I'm not going to hear this from Joel. This is hearsay. I did not
1: touch anything with your radio equipment, sir. And and you know what? Just for that, Dell had nothing to do with it. You did both (laughs) of these today. It was all on you. Uh, Joe, uh, Alex is right here in front of us, double X. And he already nominated you. He said there was a plethora. I didn't see him uh, specify. But you obviously have to at least be nominated for the fact that producer Cam had no picture. Yeah, I'm
3: I'm a team player, so I'll take responsibility for that today. Even though it's not my fault, but sounds what.
1: like you have someone to blame. I know, Would but you, like all, but Joel, you always say that
3: I try to pass the blame all the time to other I people. I Always say that. Yes, you do. You always say I blame other people for things I do. I wrong.
1: supported you for going to miss quality Showtime to get coffee yesterday. It was for your coffee. <laughs> well, exactly. In part, yours too. But I didn't throw you under the bus for that.
3: I do appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I'll just I'll, I understand that. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the heat on that one. Uh, but now we need to choose a winner.
1: Who, who, who are we going with?
3: I think we go a collective uh, Granado Del Andrew uh, for causing See, the I technical issues today.
1: I don't know that I'm going to ruffle the feathers of the Godfather because I know how that works in this. I am not. I don't know that I'm willing to go that far. Andrew, where are you going with this?
2: It's got to be Von Miller. I mean, he committed a crime, or apparently. Allegedly. Alleged, allegedly. allegedly, committed allegedly. It's a fair point. I feel like that's worse than me taking us off air for 30 seconds.
1: And I don't know that Ryan Shazier committed a crime, but he didn't. That that's a pretty bad look. He he does like some interesting books. I've heard. Uh, and well, it's a book club, right? Because he buys them for others.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. So Von Miller's okay? the so, winner.
1: I think Von Miller's the winner. Yeah. I, well, can we do a can we do it? Because I nominated them both together. Can we do a Von Miller Ryan Shazier double play combination? What on okay. me. Are you guys okay? By the way, with uh, Connor and Beard? Or was it was a Connor and Beard that said he's off the hook. He's off the hook if. If they were separated at the time? Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Or at least through the question out there. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, we need more details on that, right? Okay, so we'll just go Von Miller. All right, I don't know if I can hear the music or not, Joe. Is that it for us? There it uh, is. Yes. All right, that's it for us. Hey, guess what? Barry Lamanek and Jerome Solomon are coming up next. I don't know where they've been, but I know that they're going to be on the air tonight. So you guys get a full and steady dose of that coming up next for Andrew, for Jeremy. uh, I'm Joel uh, and Joseph back in the studio. We will be tomorrow live from Nick's place. Come out and join us, won't you? 30th anniversary party. We're going to have a lot of fun. If you can't join us there, listen here. We love you always being a part of the Hive. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, Barry and Jerome are next.